dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. And we're back with another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Thank you all for joining us. The company that my next guest represents combines agency experience creating iconic global brand strategies with software as a service SAAS platform, go-to-market rigor to accelerate growth and help brands and publishers realize the full potential of cannabis. Joining me today is the Chief Marketing Officer of Fellow, or F-Y-L-L-O, Conrad Lisko. Conrad, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And for just for the correction, is it Philo or Philo? So it's Philo, which Philo. Um, is, uh, you know, it's a Greek word that actually means both plant or flower and uh-huh. friend. So um, one of our founders is, uh, uh, you know, from Greece and and just thought we thought it would be a really apt uh, name for, for the business. Fantastic. Well, as long as you don't break plates in front of him and say "opa" all the time, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he's a happy camper. So, uh, oh, he's pretty happy all the time. Doesn't matter. So. <laughs> I'm sure of that. Uh, now, real quick, I want to make mention of this quote: "For cannabis to turn into a st- strong, legitimate, and profitable industry, it must manage its regulatory complexity as well as its command of data that defines changing markets." Philo is going to fill a badly need function. It will provide the professionalism and insight serious category players will require, end quote. Now, that was said by Clive Serkin. He's the former growth officer of Kellogg, former CMO of Kimberly-Clark, and Katie Ford, the head of Global Brands at Twitter. They're both on the board of Philo. So lay out for me some of the justice that Philo is looking to accomplish overall as a company, Conrad. Sure. So, um, you know, we're just so delighted to have both um Clive and Katie on our board, they're just incredible marketers and, you know, tremendous experience and great advisors to the business. Um, So what Clive was really speaking to was, you know, one of the big problems facing CBD and cannabis brands who are looking to grow and scale is they are turning to digital marketing as any brand should. But unlike traditional brands, they are confronted with a maze of complexity. Right. If you want to do a multi-state campaign in both California and Colorado, add Massachusetts to that, maybe Oregon, the chances of you, um, the chances that you're going to be non-compliant in one or all of those states is pretty high because it's just so hard to keep track of. So the at the core, what Philo is trying to do is make compliance at scale possible for both cannabis brands, CBD brands, and for any online publisher. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing that we're, we're, that we're looking to do is to really automate parts of the compliance process, whether that is creative compliance or dynamic creative optimization, um, which is, you know, optimizing campaigns while they're even in flight. Um, these are all things that, again, traditional brands avail themselves of all the time, but it's just more challenging for, um, for the folks in the cannabis industry. Now, Philo was founded and built by a team of former ad tech employees. 
and I'm talking about ad tech, the conference, and uses algorithms to track the changing landscape of cannabis laws around the United States. Because brands can be penalized for advertising in states where products are illegal, this platform prevents digital ad impressions from showing up in places where they're banned at the state and local level. Now, talk to me about how this team, obviously, we, we, you mentioned that the team and how well they're put together, and, and really just from all the different backgrounds of really some Fortune 500 companies, how you chose to get together and tackle this task. So, um, you know, coming from the ad tech industry, right, working at some of the big programmatic um, or DSP businesses, um, we were observing that lots of companies were turning away um, cannabis brands who were looking to use programmatic advertising. And so what you're turning away is revenue. And the reason they were doing that is because the risk or exposure for even some of those platforms is pretty high because again, the compliance and regulatory, you know, infrastructure is still developing. So what we saw was an opportunity to create technology that actually enables the compliance to happen for these cannabis brands. And so what we're not doing is we're not reinventing the DSP or the SSP, right? The, or, or even, you know, the data management platforms that power um, audience targeting and, and segmentation. What we're doing is we're building a compliance layer that cannabis brands can add to their technology stack that makes compliance possible at scale. I'm here with the Chief Marketing Officer of Philo, Conrad Litzko here on Blunt Business. We'll be back with more questions. So talk about the marketing technology that this team has created called Canabrain. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Stay with us. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say, Razzie Berry, we're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results 
that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a dog's life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with the Chief Marketing Officer of Philo, F-Y-L-L-O. Conrad, let's go here on Blunt Business. Let's talk about this marketing technology, this platform called Canabrain. It ingests and interrogates billions of data points, allowing brands to safely build and execute advertising campaigns, while also enabling publishers to create and monetize compliant ad inventory. Fill me in on this platform and the potential that lies within. Sure. So, you know, as we discussed earlier, compliance is really at the core of the problem that we are out to solve, making compliance at scale possible for both brands and publishers. So what Canabrain is, is I like to refer to it a little bit like Watson, IBM Watson, right? What Watson does is it ingests billions of data points from all over the internet um, and also offline data points um, and then makes that data useful to all sorts of business consumers, right? Whether you're in the healthcare industry or you are a retailer or you are in pharma, it doesn't matter. What 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 IBM Watson will do is make the data and, and intelligence that it you know analyzes useful to those different users. So Canabrain is very similar. Canabrain ingests data from dispensaries, from advertising sort of data, you know, something we call the bid stream, which is really about behave, you know, engagement on the internet, um, social data, uh, uh, trends in pricing there's there's a there's myriad data points that canabrain ingests and it looks for trends and insights in those different data points and depending on the use case whether it's campaign activation or you know go to market strategy canabrain will make that data useful to different parts of the cannabis industry um, as appropriate so for example when we're doing a campaign activation Canabrain might help us uncover um, previously unknown audience segments that a particular CBD brand might be interested in targeting, um, especially as CBD brands start to target customers outside of cannabis as the context, right? They want to start to look at um, lifestyle context as a way to grow net new customers. So Canabrain might make visible customers they had previously unknown, that were previously unknown. Um, it might also help us identify inventory that, um, you know, uh, would be relevant to those target audiences. And, and because Canabrain is sort of built around compliance, it means that the inventory that we are showing to customers is absolutely compliant, you know, with age gating and everything else. Because certainly what you don't want to do is show your message to a bunch of people who can't actually purchase your product. So those are just a couple of examples. But, you know, as I said, you know, Canabrain is doing a lot in the background to power all sorts of use cases for both brands and publishers. Talk to me. Let's go ahead and talk about the makeup of the audience and how Canabrain is able to go ahead and take just an overall view of the type of advertising that needs to be done out there to which particular demographics, male or female, age groups, what have you. Uh I want to take from an interview that most recently got published in Westward, and uh, Lisa Buffo, who represents the Cannabis Marketing Association, answered a couple of questions. 
And I want to just kind of pose those to you as well, just to get an idea of what Canterbury can tell you from the data that you have. Now, according to the data they've gotten from their own research, they're saying that the average cannabis consumer is now around 42 years old, slightly more likely to be male than female, more likely to have a higher income than that of the general population. As the general market matures, she says, quote, the average cannabis consumer gets older, wealthier, more sophisticated. The total pool of consumers diversifies. So the industry has had to expand their messaging and language to appeal to a new, more sophisticated consumer. Now, going through the overall makeup of the cannabis consumer by, again, income level, age, and gender, the industry, according to Lisa, says, They've, quote, have had to expand their messaging and language to appeal to a new, more sophisticated consumer. My thing is, with Canabrain, you said how you're able to go ahead and target so that the only the right people are being targeted. But then how do you go ahead and really narrow my narrow cast who you're targeting when it comes to different demographics? Sure. It's a it's a great question. It's a, and it's a great point that she makes about, you know, this this growing um, sophistication um, of both the consumer and also of targeting. So um, if we look at just overall trends, cannabis is evolving, CBD is evolving, like culturally it is more acceptable. One in seven Americans has you know, used or is using CBD to treat a number of things. So um, as you look at that maturity, the, the, the face of the cannabis consumer is changing. And as such, brands are starting to look beyond cannabis as the context for targeting them. So in the past, you might search, you might try to develop targeting strategies where cannabis is the context, right? So you're gonna look at endemic sites where CBD or cannabis is showing up as a keyword in the content. Moving forward, brands, some of the brands we're working with, we're helping them identify consumers where CBD or cannabis might not be in the context of the of the content. Instead, it's a lifestyle context. So if you are a brand that's in the sports recovery business and you just happen to have CBD, you know, as a key ingredient, you might be interested in showing your content, your ad to mountain bikers, right? Or skiers. Right, regardless of whether or not they are searching for CBD or cannabis. And so this lifestyle focus, right, reaching people in non-endemic contexts, new kinds of content, um, means that brands are going to be able to grow their audiences beyond where you know CBD and cannabis has been. Now, what Cannabrain does is, in t- it, again, we talked about all the data points that it's ingesting Part of what it does is it, it, it looks at the content on the sites where, you know, publishers or where, where ads show up. And so we can tell what kind of context exists in all of those places and then compare that to the goals and objectives of our customers. So if you're a brand who wants to reach a particular kind of lifestyle, we can then look through the inventory and understand based on what Canterbury can see how to match those two things up. And we would then overlay, sometimes overlay, a propensity to also be interested in CBD or cannabis. And so that's what we call a crossover segment, where there is a lifestyle segment that a brand is interested in, and we can also discern 
the propensity of that segment to be interested in cannabis. Very interesting. Now, again, so the Cannabrain is a solution to help you find the data and a smart way to go and get that data presented. And like I said, what I'm trying to go and get through, and I really help you, thank you for helping me out with this, is trying to see when you have the information, how to get that advertising out to the right people. And that's the most important thing. One of the things we've all talked about here is the idea about how social media and how it's able to do that. Now, obviously, we've heard about guerrilla marketing, going back to brick and mortar, types with magazines, billboards, or using SMS messages in some cases. But then when it comes to Instagram, uh, or social media in general, there's issues where they don't allow people, organizations to use the platform to advertise or sell cannabis. And that's one particular example. So if Instagram flags your page, shuts it down, it can be a drawn out a nuclear, unclear process, excuse me, of how to get it restarted, if at all. So when you look at what places you can go with the data that you have and having the understanding of the wherewithal of how or who you need to promote to, where do you promote it to? It's a great question. So, you know, it's a it's a very matrix matrixed answer, right? Depending on the state, depending on the platform, depending on the type of brand. Um, with regards to social channels, right? We're actively working with, um, you know, some social channels like Snapchat right now to explore new ways of bringing our brands onto that platform. But again, you're working inside of the policies and the guidelines that are provided by those platforms. Google has policies, Snapchat has policies. And so what we try to do is just help our customers smartly navigate those policies so that they stay compliant. Um, and over time, as the uh, as the category matures and the policies become more commonplace, you know, I think we'll see more and more advertisers look to um, to those channels to advertise. Speaking with Forbes last month after participating in the original round of fundraising, Adrian Moranti, he's vice president of the Canadian investment firm K2. He said that a lot of cannabis companies have been inefficient in their advertising. He said, quote, well, he said, paraphrasing, that Philo isn't taking market share, but is, quote, creating a market, end quote. And he also said, quote, ultimately, they're also going to need marketing assistance plus compliance of those initiatives where you can advertise, where you cannot advertise. And now that it is an industry that's growing with a lot of regulatory hurdles, still, they have to be cognizant of any infractions. So again, as we mentioned, where can you advertise where you cannot advertise? And then you're creating the market so that there's obviously there. So if you have this, what are you talking to with the customers about the hurdles that we just mentioned? So in the end, um, if you look at federal versus state regulations, that's one dimension. But then you, when you go from state to municipal, it adds a whole nother layer of complexity, right? So let's say you're in Los Angeles where I live. Just because California has a perspective about cannabis in Venice, there are meetings where, you know, local hyper local government are talking about whether or not you can put cannabis advertising on billboards in that municipality. So 
you know, if you if you can imagine then being a cannabis brand, right? You you're the marketing director at a cannabis brand that's trying to grow. You're confronted with this really tough choice. Do I run a campaign that is highly compliant and therefore probably not that scalable, right? Because in order to make sure I remain compliant in all the places, maybe I really need to limit it to one or two markets. Or I can run a super scalable campaign, but the likelihood that I'm going to break, you know, some sort of policy or law might be really high. And then, you know, the and maybe I lose my license. So this choice between compliance and scale is a really unfortunate one. And it's and it's a it's a choice that cannabis brands and CBD brands are forced to make all the time. And so if you look at um, if you look at how they need to grow, not just competing with other CPD brands, but if you're a sports recovery brand, you're competing with the brands in GNC, not just other CBD brands. So you're sort of hamstrung, right? You have an, you have an extra layer of complexity when you're trying to go to market than these other brands. So I think, you know, at the highest level, it is certainly trying to help cannabis and CBD brands navigate the complexities of the compliance state by state channel by channel. Beyond that, I think it's about arming brands with data to help them make smarter business decisions, be it about go to market or pricing or, you know, even the way that we can help brands identify the right dispensaries based on geography, um, sales, all these things to figure out what their channel strategy might be. And again, that's a function of what Canabrain can do is really parse data from all sorts of places to help brands make decisions, even outside of marketing. Very interesting. Now, again, I'm here with Conrad Lisko, Chief Marketing Officer of Philo. We're going to back, uh, come back with some final questions here on Blunt Business in just a moment. We're going to continue to talk a little more about advertising, but we're also going to talk about how Philo isn't taking market share but is creating a market. We're going to follow up on that phrase coming up after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking 
executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back here with final questions for Conrad Lisko, Chief Marketing Officer of Philo. I want to go back once again to what I mentioned from the Forbes article with Adrian Morant from uh, K2, the Canadian investment firm that worked with uh, the latest round of funding for Philo. And I want to just go back and call back uh, what he said and previously before the break. Ultimately, quote, uh, well, actually, that uh, Philo isn't taking market share, but is quote unquote creating a market. Mm-hmm. So, talk to me and give me the vision from your team what that market is that Philo is creating. Sure. So, um, I, I think what he's referring to is we believe that we are building a platform that is first of its kind. So, in the end, compliance automation, creative compliance at scale, um, the challenges created um, by the complexities of the compliance landscape make it very hard for brands to go to market. And so the technology that we're building removes the friction from that process. And we just don't see other platforms out there that are attempting to tackle this challenge the way we are. And so when when he says we're creating a market, we're not just stealing market share. Um, I, I believe that's what he means. Um, you know, certainly there are plenty of um, really amazing uh, services out there that help brands in lots of different ways to go to market. Um, and you know, we've met a lot of the the founders and creators of those of those companies, and we're just so we we admire what they've done. I think what we're bringing to the to the ecosystem is a new alternative um, for cannabis brands and for publishers, because we haven't spent a lot of time talking about publishers. For publishers, if you think about the challenges that publishers face, and I'm, I don't just mean endemic publishers like High Times, I mean all publishers, right? right. They are, they are <clears throat> seeing declining um, audiences, right? They have incredible margin compression and lower CPMs and all of these things. And so now part of what Philo is doing for publishers is with single lines of code, publishers can create age and geo gates on their entire site or just sections of their site and therefore make their sites ready for cannabis advertising. And that's really important because now we can reduce remnant inventory for them, right? So they're selling more of their inventory and they're, they're able to sell it at a higher CPM because uh, cannabis audiences command a higher CPM than general pop in, in some cases. So, you know, here, you know, when we talk about a, a market of one, um, 
this is something that absolutely feels unique to the market um, and, and the ways in which we are working with publishers to make that happen is is super compelling. And again, the more inventory that we can convert and make available via the publishers, that's also great for our brand customers as well. And so it's, again, the ecosystem benefits from having more quality premium inventory that's age-gated and ready for the new explosion of cannabis consumption and the changing face of cannabis consumers. Fantastic. Now, I got to mention this as well, that uh, Philo is essentially based in Chicago. And what I also found that was kind of interesting reading from everything is of how so much of a hotbed it is right now for tech companies in Chicago uh, and the kind of money that's being brought in in terms of uh, raising funds, venture capital, just alone in that area in the month of September, which is when we the $16 was well, $16 million in fundraising was made in terms of Philo for what you're doing with Canabrain, that in that sector, in that area, just for that one month, raised $129 million in venture capital just in one month. What's in the water? <laughs> is there something in the water in Lake Michigan that's <laughs> causing all this great, you know, venture capital uh, interest? I mean, talk to me about that and just, you know, the kind of motivation, I guess, there. Because also, you're in a market that is practically new, relatively new to adult use marijuana. Sure. So, um, you know, I don't know what's in the water in Lake Michigan, but <laughs> if I had to speculate about the region, right, in Chicago, yeah. if you look at Chicago, it is a hub for the Midwest. So you have all the talent in that region, you know, ultimately ends up in Chicago because there's incredible businesses, lots of entrepreneurs, lots of innovation. Um, you know, I think the, the other great thing about Chicago is, you know, it's access to some of the biggest brands on the planet, you know, in that region as well. So, you know, if you're in a service environment and you want to call on some really big brands, you have access there. Um, you know, I, I also think you're starting to see, you know, a, a move away from just the coasts as the places where big things are happening. And I think Chicago, you know, is a, is a really great example of that. Um, you know, not to mention, you know, if you think about young people coming out of really incredible schools in the region, right? Again, they end up in hubs like Chicago or like Atlanta. Um, and, and again, this is where a lot of, you know, innovation uh, is happening. It just tells you there's no, there, there's really no uh, kind of boundaries or that everything has to be in California or has to be in uh, Colorado. No, I mean, it's, there are so many different companies that are coming out, especially, and just the one thing I love, most importantly, just to close things out, Conrad, is the infusion of tech and cannabis in this industry. Because, you know, we, you know, for myself, I've been working, doing podcasting in the tech industry since 2005. And to see all the different tech companies that are coming into the space, into cannabis, and bring in the platforms, bring in the, the technology that's into the space, really just you know, raising the bar and, and all things in general. I just, it's amazing some of the people that are in that. And, you know, it's, and it's not because of the fact it's just, oh, well, here's another niche to get into. No, it's because, you know, there's, this market is, has so much room for growth. And 
you know, we need people, we need groups like Philo out there to come out with the right data and analytics and give us the right direction so that, you know, as a software, as a service, those kind of platforms need to be much more rampant into the space. And I guess the only thing that matters is just trying to get, you know, get a horse to water, get some of these companies in to realize what you're doing with your product and get them to work with you. So we're going to give you that opportunity to let you get those horses to water. Let's go ahead and talk about the website. Uh, give me the URL. So the URL is hellofilo.com. And so H-E-L-L-O-F-Y-L-L-O. And, um, you know, there you can learn all about Canabrain, our offerings for both brands and publishers, um, you know, and then, you know, contact us really easily. Wonderful. So again, hello, F-Y-L-L-O.com is the best way to go. And to take a look at the Canterbury technology, see if that's something that some of our listeners might be interested in. We'll leave it there. Connor, let's go. Chief Marketing Officer of Philo. Thanks for joining us here on Plump Business. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, my pleasure. And also, listeners, thank you for listening in to this great conversation on tech and cannabis here on Plant Business. You can download past episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.